Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Seriously, the podcast from the New Statesman that takes pop culture seriously. I'm Caroline Crampton. And I'm Anna Leskovich. This week, we're talking about the new Netflix drama Glow and a web series called Fantasies. We've also watched the millennial crime drama Search Party for the first time, so we'll be talking about how that went later in the show. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Seriously, which is in fact the 99th episode of Seriously. We're really getting through them, aren't we? I know. Who would have thought we'd still be doing this, what, like two and a half years later or however long it is? I know. That's amazing. And that means that our next episode is our 100th episode. And we do have a really exciting surprise coming up for the 100th episode. It might even arrive a little earlier than usual in your podcast apps. So keep your eyes peeled in the next few days for a very special 100th episode of Seriously. It's something we've actually been requested by listeners to do very regularly. So pretty much as long as this podcast has existed, you've been asking us to do this. So get excited (laughs) make sure sure you're subscribed you don't want to miss it it's coming early oh another update we need to do is we've got loads of exciting events happening Ooh, events yeah so game of thrones quiz on the 11th of july is sold out but you can get on a waiting list at seriouslypod.com forward slash events but there are two other things where there are tickets available one is the shout out podcast festival on the 5th of august I'm really excited about this one because loads of like amazing shows. I know. Even from America, like another round are coming all the way from America oh, to perform this. I really hope we get to see another round. And we're going to be there as well. So you can buy tickets for that at seriouslypod.com forward slash shout out. And I believe there's a special code. If you put seriously number five, I think you get money off. Woo-hoo. So definitely do that. And then we're also going to be at the London Podcast Festival 17th of September, which is a Sunday, doing... A live episode with some guests we haven't thought of yet, but it's going to be great. (laughs) It's going to be great. And yeah, that's also tickets for that very much on sale. Please buy them. Seriouslypod.com forward slash London Podfest. Exciting. On to the emails. We love your emails. Jennifer got in touch with the subject line. Oh, my Lord! Exclamation mark. She says she's a long-time listener, first-time emailer, and she says, thank you for the Lord recommendation in your last episode. I've been listening to melodrama pretty much on repeat since. I didn't think I'd like her music, but your review persuaded me to give it a listen, and I'm glad I did. So that's great. We've got a new Lord fan. Thanks to Seriously. Doing the Lord's work. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, B is also emailing to pick up on our review of Lord in the last episode. She writes, emailing to gush about Lord record with you. 
and to say how delightful your last week's fangirling was. The one song that really resonated with me from the record was Hard Feelings. Mm. I feel like it's such a perfect breakup song for when breakup just comes as a natural step in a relationship. No cheating, no drama, just the end. And what I really love about it is how it perfectly captures the feeling of helplessness after a breakup. Nothing to do but wait for the pain to pass. My first breakup happened in a pret in Hoban while I was eating a ham and cheese toasty and all I could think about as my ex was talking about us needing more solo time for ourselves was, but I don't want this. What do I do now? How can you make this decision? How does this feeling of numbness go away? Oh, the toasty. I love that email. Thank you so much, B. That's really nice that you shared that. Yeah, I'm still listening to Lord Loads, so. Same here. It's great fun. The first thing we're going to talk about this week is Netflix's GLOW, which is an acronym for The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's a show within a show, a comedy drama following the people behind the women's wrestling program that was a real 80s television hit. It stars Alison Brie as a jaded, struggling actress looking for more exciting roles, and Mark Maron as her testy, arrogant director with, quote, a moustache full of coke. <laughs> which I think gives you the kind of sense of the comedy uh, element to this series. So this landed on Netflix last Friday and I've powered through maybe three episodes uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I did five, I think. That oh, well was done. the length of two train journeys oh, great. for me. So yeah. Well, this is a boring piece of analysis, but I like the length of them because Netflix, I think often because they don't have these like constraints that ma- major television channels have, they often just like go for really random lengths. Like Orange is the New Black can vary between like 40 minutes and something much, much and longer. 90 right? sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I like that these are pretty much 29 to 31 minutes every time. I find it like a very digestible half hour long comedy. And I really like that. Yes, I agree. And I also think the way that they have, even though they don't need to, because it's a, you know, bingeable box set all available at the same time, they end each episode on a kind of question mark. Mm. You know, some someone will suddenly say something or a revelation will happen and then it'll be like, credits. Yeah. And I really like that. I like that it's still tightly structured, even though the kind of broadcast schedule constraints don't require that. Exactly. Uh, no, I completely agree. And this series opens with something that I think is just such a trope. And I do want to write about this at some point with Alison Bree's character, like talking to camera in this really impassioned way. And then and there's like a s- slow tracking zoom out and you realise that she's auditioning, which happened like a lot in La La Land. But I think the, the opening moment of La La Land after the song is Emma Stone being like, oh, you should have been there, like pretending she's on the phone and you think she really is on the phone. And then you realise she's just practising her lines that she's got like a script underneath her. So yeah, basically Alison Brie is auditioning and she's reading this really exciting part. And then you realise that she's actually reading the wrong part in this audition and she's doing the man and then they're like could you redo it as the woman and she's like sir your wife is online too and that's her like only line (laughs) (laughs) so I think that just gives you a bit of context as to like why this actress would want to do like she thinks of herself as quite a serious actress Mm. why she would want to do this wrestling program because there's all these parts of just rubbish and very thin and she feels like she's exhausted auditioning for them And I think that's quite a good way of kind of selling the audience on this program, because if you said to me, like, oh, do you want to watch this program about like 80s women wrestlers? I'd probably be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that you're kind of from the beginning meant to be like, look, this is a really sexist world. This is like her one opportunity to do something really, really fun and like out there and weird. And yeah, they kind of bring you along with it in that way. Yeah. So she goes to an audition that she doesn't know is for Glow, Gorgeous Mm -hmm. Ladies of Wrestling. 
but decides to stay once she does know that. And then once the eventual cast is picked, I had a feeling that it's almost a bit like the beginning of a superhero movie Mm. where it's like, everyone's a misfit. Everyone's here for different, difficult reasons, (laughs) but they form a team and like fight together. Yeah, exactly. It's like the breakfast club, but with spandex. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes, very good. Uh, And that my superhero feeling was enhanced in a subsequent episode when they start working on everyone's like wrestling persona yeah and it's like you're gonna be the like all american one you're gonna be the slightly racist oriental stereotypes one yeah or like you look indian so i'm gonna make you an evil arab yeah and the woman's like that's not even my ethnicity (laughs) but fine (laughs) yeah because it is this sort of show within a show thing you do get quite a lot of that like meta commentary on like stereotyping in the Mm. media or whatever which is you know quite enjoyable if sometimes i think netflix can go a bit overboard and they're like gifable moments or like gonna tweet these and make a comment on tv do you know what i mean yeah so by and large i really enjoyed this show like i really like the soundtrack they've used a lot of 80s music Mm, and so on you know it's got a really impeccable female cast yeah i think i really liked we didn't mention actually um betty tilpin plays debbie who's at the beginning ruth's best friend and then i don't necessarily want to spoil it for you but some stuff goes down <laughs> and then they can't bear to be in the same room as each other but they both end up cast on this wrestling show yeah and there's this great moment where the director's like don't worry the devil gets all the best lines mm. to alison Bree's character which i like but yeah i agree the whole cast is really really great i had a moment where i realized so the the girl that she's sort of sat next to in the audition who later gets cast as this sort of like weird stereotype of an islamic terrorist is also in search party for a very very short moment oh is she yeah i'm not sure i've seen her yeah yet. well we'll we'll chat we'll yeah. catch up on that yeah and there's just loads of like great fun sort of minor characters so there's a character called melrose who's like this rich entitled like party bratty girl i really like the acting from the actress is so over the top but it really really works and then you've also got Kate Nash just like hanging around in the background, like British singer-songwriter Kate <laughs> Nash, just like doing her like intense Cockney accent that she does. And I, yeah, just find it really, really fun. Like, as you say, this like big ragtag group of misfits just kind of like soldiering along together. It's really good fun. And there's some moments of utter weirdness. So the character of Sheila, is that her name? Yeah. The- yeah, Sheila the She-Wolf. The She-Wolf, who... I don't feel I've fully got her story down yet five episodes in, but she wears this, you know, like panda-esque eye makeup and a big like black wig at all times. Not when she's in wrestling character, just, you know, in life. And then, I don't know if you've got to this bit, but later they they move them all into a motel by the gym so they can like work all the time mm. to film the show and they all have to share rooms and Ruth has to share with Sheila. That's so fun. And they have all kinds of adventures in personal space where Sheila hates being around other people and she does things like put a dead squirrel in Ruth's bed in the hope that she will that will make her oh go God. away. God, grim. Yeah, I really like how... Because all the promotional materials for this show has been like glitter gold stuff like neon lighting really colorful spandex but the actual vibe of the show because it's all about the backstage building up to this show going on air you don't actually see any proper televised wrestling apart from in like a fantasy sequence or certainly as far as i've got anyway there's one bit um in a later episode where they go and watch some like real men wrestling right to basically to try and because debbie's really struggling to understand 
what the hell she's supposed to do. So I've forgotten her name, but the character whose dad is like a really famous wrestler. Yeah, legacy. She, yeah, him. she's like, well, come with me to an actual wrestling match and yeah. I'll show you what you're missing. Yeah. Um, so you see that, but even then you see more of like the women in the audience and the general like grime and stuff of the venue where they are as opposed to making it look yeah so i think they've really like actually quite deliberately gone away from the glitz and glamour of the actual wrestling and you do spend most of your time in this like kind of dingy gym or kind of dingy motel Mm. and i think it's nice for me that they've brought some of the like camp spirit and the theatricality of that wrestling genre just into the characters so you do have like this woman who's like thinks she's part wolf Mm. and you do still get all the fun over the top 80s camp big moustaches ridiculous clothes but it's just done in a way that's way less ott all the time than it might be if you were just like constantly watching them wrestle yeah i I was reading an article on screen rant as well actually because i know very little about wrestling particularly the history of wrestling Mm. and this article was outlining all of the like internal references to real life Oh, that's fun. Wrestling. So um, one of the characters, the w- the woman who plays Mama Welfare, I think they call mm-hmm. her, she's an actual wrestler. Yeah, she's a real wrestler. That's um, so cool. And there have been loads of cameos already but yeah. by people actually involved in that world. So I think if, if you are a wrestling fan, it has like an extra layer for you. That's great. Yeah, I think really a lot good. of the like characters are actually not that far away from real wrestling characters from the real glow. So that's quite fun too. But yeah, it's very, I would say very like light-hearted viewing funny easy to watch and i would definitely recommend it Now we're going to talk about Fantasies, which is an anthology web series from the digital video network Full Screen, in which fan fiction about internet stars is brought to life. The first two episodes feature YouTube stars Grace Helbig and Trey Melvin, and it's hosted by the YouTuber Drew Monson. Yeah, so we came across this because we read an Amanda Hess piece in the New York Times, right? I don't think we would have come across this otherwise. No, and we'll link you to that piece because I think she does a really good job of unpacking the like meta media narrative around why such a thing has been made at all yeah because there's quite a lot going on they're only like so that we've seen two episodes of this web series they're seven minutes long you watch them on this website called full screen and you have to sign up for a free trial and blah 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 they have this kind of framing narrative of these youtubers and then it goes into this weird sort of parody ott drama thing right yeah so drew monson plays a sprite from the weird internet it's called and each one starts with him in a different zany scenario in which he wants something to watch Mm. and then he turns on a tv and it like zooms into the tv and then you're so you've gone like in two levels essentially Mm -hmm. and then you're watching so in the first one it's based on a piece of fan fiction about the youtubers grace helbig and hannah hart who a lot of fans ship even though they're not like publicly a couple or anything and this fan fiction is set in a hospital where one of them's a patient and the other one's a doctor Mm. and you know a romance blossoms yeah except it doesn't except it doesn't because this is the thing and amanda Hess does a really good job of deconstructing this because 
the fanfic that they are basing on, I feel like, deals in a lot of very classic fic tropes. And, you know, people enjoy it for what it is. Mm. But what this series has done is taken it out of context, flattened it into a weird, like, sketch parody tone, and then filmed that for six minutes and put it online. I find it hard to tell, like, where the jokes begin and end Mm. with this show. I don't know if you had a similar... Yes. Also, I'm just generally quite uncomfortable about the whole idea of... Because people who write RPF or Mm. real person fic, and it's a massive thing in fandom, you know, people writing One Direction fanfic, people writing fictional stories about celebrity personas. I'm really uncomfortable about the idea of then taking that, which is not for the celebrities to read, it's Mm. for the people who write it and read it to enjoy. Taking that and then making the celebrities read it out and going lol at the end doesn't feel very respectful or true to the original form of it but i get that it's difficult when you're talking about real people who can feel Mm. like their lives have been invaded way more than like a star wars fic might but it still feel i agree it still feels uncomfortable it's a bit like that moment where catelyn moran made benedict cumberbatch read out sherlock fic yeah and there have been several other examples of that oh i think once graham norton did it to daniel radcliffe actually he made him read out harry potter fic and it's a thing that like talk show hosts and stuff like to do because their implicit assumption is lol this is badly written and has sex in it and will make the guest uncomfortable and will make the guest uncomfortable and that will be funny and i actually think this web series is on the same spectrum of that Mm. but there is an alternative point of view which is so the the fic writers in question whose work has been adapted for this have been paid for their time and work and apparently this series has grown out of the community that surrounds a platform called Wattpad. Right yeah I know about Wattpad. Wattpad being a fan fiction publishing platform that for whatever reason has had a a larger contingent of RPF. Yeah, a lot of other. It has a lot of like celebrity fans on and Wattpad. all the teens are on it. All the teens are on it, and also Wattpad for a long time as a company has had an explicit interest in. There's a kind of publishing journey now called like fan to pro, mm. exemplified by someone like E.L. James, for instance, who mm-hmm. started out writing Twilight fanfic, then wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, and now mm. big selling professional author. And Wattpad explicitly wants to help people go on that journey, mm. so they offer ways to turn your Wattpad fic into a self-published thing that you can put straight on amazon like as a technology they want to facilitate that so there is a sense that maybe if you're coming out of the wattpad community you are interested in turning your fic into work that you get recompensed for and recognized definitely beyond just the kind of amateur fan space yeah so it is legitimizing in a way this this work in one sense but i agree that there's this difficult because when you watch something like garth merengue Mm. which has this kind of if i'm remembering garth merengue right i haven't watched it in years but has a similar kind of frame thing where you know that you're like watching supposedly like a badly written show and that's part of the joke that feels more comfortable when you know that the badly written thing isn't a real thing that someone has written and i don't know to what extent this really is very similar to the original fic and so on but one thing that it made me think of in comparison is i've seen just like on instagram and other social media platforms this web series called city girl which is this actress sarah ramos 
has found her old like tv script that she wrote at 12 or 13 and it's like you know oh i'm the city girl and it's like everything's pink everywhere and she's like made it you can tell that it's done with kind of respect and love for what she did as Mm. a young girl and it's not although it's a bit like yeah this is really funny that this was my idea of what like urban adult life would be because it's just such a weird teenage fantasy but at the same time it's not wholly mocking it's still quite loving and I, I really like that about it yeah I think the cru- the crucial difference there for me as well would be that she's using her own exactly. work and yeah. there's no power imbalance the thing mm. that bothers me about fantasies is there's a sense of a power imbalance between the you know unknown in the wider tv world fic writer and these incredibly powerful youtube stars who've got the backing of this network to make this thing mm. and I just think when there's a power imbalance gently teasing and outright mocking start to look a lot like the same thing yeah yeah where's the line and maybe the people who wrote the original fic are just like no yeah we love it we think this is great there's yeah. no power imbalance in our eyes but the other thing that i like led me to have questions about this is like who is it for yeah is it for people who read and write fan fiction i don't think it is because it, it feels like a lot of the the tropes that are according to that Amanda Hess article in the original fix that have been flattened out are things like the tender queer relationship, mm. you know. So which are things that people who write fan fiction are generally really into. So I was like, wh- who will watch this? Is this is this just for people like us who like to commentate on like meta media issues? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> who is actually enjoying this entertainment? <laughs> Lol. Um, well, guys, you can make up your own mind if you yeah. want to sign up to a free trial of full screen. And then immediately cancel it like we did. Not that we condone that kind of behaviour. <laughs> I would also say that if you are generally interested in these kinds of things, um, our friends Elizabeth and Flourish make an excellent podcast called Fansplaining, where they have, for instance, interviewed someone from Wattpad about what Wattpad does and is for. Yes, it's very good. You so, should definitely check it out. Yeah. I feel like they would have better opinions about this. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
So last week I recommended that Caroline watch Search Party, which is a kind of cross between a millennial comedy and a noirish thriller. We're really late to this because it was really popular in the US in maybe December of this year. But Caroline, what did you think? I'm really enjoying it. So I've watched four episodes, I think. It stars Alia Shawkat, who I know best from playing maybe in Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. But I think this is the first time I've seen her in a fully adult role. Mm. And I think she's amazing. Yeah, she's so captivating in it. She's really good. She plays the central character of Dory, who is part of a slightly obnoxious Brooklyn-y set that we feel quite familiar with from shows like Girls and Broad City. Mm -hmm. And then in the first episode, she walks past a missing poster for a girl that she was at college with, but who she's had very little contact with. And she gets really obsessed with finding Chantel and Mm -hmm. gets drawn into the investigation and all kinds of slightly spooky things start happening. She tries to enlist her friends to help her find things like her. I've just watched the episode where her boyfriend tries to like stalk a suspect. Oh, I and feel then so sorry for him in that episode. And he gets <laughs> fired because of it and all this kind of stuff. I'm really hooked on it. I'm definitely going to keep going, I think. Good. Has she gone into a shop yet with a necklace? Yes. And, and did she go back for the party they invited her to yet? I think that's in the next episode. Okay, she's that's got, a great episode. She's got the invite, but hasn't. I think the episode I just watched ended with her like super camp friend being like, that shop is like a cult. Yeah. So then they go back to the shop. And I think that for me is when this show gets really, really good. Because while the mystery is like amped up a level, you also suddenly get a bit more character development. You think these characters are all like so super horrible. And the opening episode like one of the very opening scenes is that they're all at brunch and you get Mm -hmm. these weird like out of context conversations basically these two blonde guys like one's her like gay male blonde friend and one's her like kind of pretty seemingly quite vapid skinny white blonde friend and the two of them are kind of like telling a story about how they've obviously like bumped into someone they used to know in like a really (laughs) extreme situation but you don't really know what's going on and the girl says something like you know i was like i want to help you i do but like call the police don't put this on me i can't help you with this and you're like oh my god who are these terrible people and then when dory says that Chantel is missing the guy is just like oh yeah she's the one who used to brush her hair everywhere and i was like oh sweetie just brush your hair at home (laughs) you're like oh my god who are these people and i love that dialogue so you get this really really like penetrating uh piercing dialogue that is so funny but then you also get this mystery element that ramps up and what i like in in that party episode is while everything's going completely batshit crazy you also get this these sort of weird moments where they're invited to go around the table and talk about themselves a bit and you Mm. start to get a bit more insight into their lives and the girl gets this moment where she like suddenly is like oh you know it's weird because I really like girly stuff and I think people think that I'm stupid because I like girly stuff so much but it's like why can't I paint my nails you know I'm my own kind of smart and she starts to well up and you're like oh this is actually really funny but also quite unfair like fair enough Mm. sure you probably are your own kind of smart like So I really like that they can give you more of these characters even when they're inviting you to laugh at them. The other thing I'm interested to see how it develops is Dory's own motivation because in Mm. thinking the four episodes I've seen so far, what's being hinted at is the reason why she's so driven in trying to find Chantel, someone who she barely knows and hasn't seen for years, is because she's so unsure about what to do with her own life. Mm. You know, she doesn't really have a job that she feels inspired by she's working as a like dog's body assistant to a really rich woman and you know that's not something that she wants to do long term her relationship with her boyfriend seems a bit weird and on and off and she just you know she there's one scene where she goes for an interview 
for a teaching position and she doesn't get it and the woman gives her some really harsh feedback and it's like we just read your application and we were like we do not understand what this woman wants mm. and she nearly wells up and she's like well I just want someone to tell me something positive everyone's telling me what I can't do but no one says you can do this and the unspoken thing is well you're supposed to know that yourself <laughs> but she doesn't so instead she pours everything into this yeah. investigation yeah it, it's so compelling to watch as well there's nothing more fun than seeing someone just like get obsessed with something and trying mm. to like figure it out and you get to do that along with her so it is really good fun i also think she dresses amazing i was just about to say that her literally everything she wears i'm like <laughs> i would wear that it's so great yeah she looks amazing and she's got this like amazing sort of soft open face doesn't mm. she and she's like so inquisitive all the time and yeah i really love watching her like act she's just great um but yeah i'm excited to see how you get on with the rest because it's just a real thrill ride just as a total side note to this um search party is available on all four i think it must have been shown on channel yeah. four at some point and it wasn't until we watched loaded a couple of weeks ago that i'd actually gone back and tried to use the channel four on mm. demand service because i'd written it off as like 4od was terrible 4od so many times ruined my life Can't yeah use we it. were talking about that weren't we and it's now i'm like improved. using their app all the time and i'm like this works the ads just don't endlessly play on a loop this is great <laughs> so thanks again all four for just sorting that shit out it's great so what about next week what are we gonna do so we're gonna skip a recommend a week because in the 100th episode there's no space for recommends because there's too much special exciting stuff happening then in episode 101 we'll be back with another one and i think we're going to take up a suggestion from multiple listeners including Sarah Hess, who wrote in the writer of Orange is the New Black, who wrote mm -hmm. in to recommend this. We're going to go for Happy Valley. Exciting. I want to like try and get through a good amount of it. So it's good that we've got the time to do that. Yeah. So Happy Valley is a BBC police drama set in Yorkshire. I don't know much about it other than it's written by Sally Wainwright, who wrote a lot of other you know really good BBC dramas recently. Although including that Bronte thing yeah, that was I on at Christmas like, that we didn't like so much. Just let that slide. But I also, I want to rewatch that because I feel like maybe I was too tired. <laughs> I know loads of people were like, you were so harsh. Aren't I you know. meant to be feminists? Enjoy this program. <laughs> Lol, sorry. We were bored. We were really tired <laughs> and it was like right before Christmas and everything was really busy. So maybe we didn't give it its full due. Maybe. If it appears on Netflix, I might give it another go. Well, in the meantime, Happy Valley. Happy Valley it is. Thanks for listening to this episode of Seriously, the pop culture podcast from the New Statesman. If you enjoyed the show, why not subscribe to make sure you never miss another episode? We're available in all the usual places you get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, where you could also leave us a review if you'd like. We've got lots of events coming up this summer, including festivals, live episodes and quizzes. Find out more and buy tickets at seriouslypod.com slash events. We're available many other places on the internet, including on Twitter, Facebook and Tumblr. We're SeriouslyPod on all of them. We love getting your recommendations for things we should feature on the show or just hearing your thoughts on what we've discussed. Get in touch on social media or email us on seriouslypod at gmail.com. And if you feel strongly that more pop culture needs to be taken seriously, spread the word and tell your friends and family about the podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.